0: others are responsible for their own emotions too. With this mindset we can finally relax and begin to heal. What a great quote by Jackson McKenzie. Welcome to this episode of HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Heal. Today, we get to talk to Carrie Cooper. Carrie is a licensed social worker, the owner of Carrie Cooper Holistic Therapy. She is a speaker and also an author of Mental Health Uncensored. Thanks for coming on today, Carrie. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. Good. It's been my pleasure to get to know you a little bit before we get to know you a little bit more. Fantastic. So Carrie is here because, oh, by the way, Brittany's not here. Everyone must be missing Brittany by now. Um, If you're missing Brittany, send her an email at at podcast.com. I mean, at gmail.com. I sounded like an old lady when I did that. Um, (laughs) And tell her how much you miss her voice. I miss her voice. But Carrie is here because um, of the influx of mental health issues in children. She especially works with teens, right, Carrie? Yes.
1: Yes, and really we were... like middle school, high school, college, and even a little bit right after college because that's a tough transition. That is a tough transition. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but we talked a little bit before we started recording and we were talking about how the landscape of mental health for, can I say children or in everyone? Really what would everybody, ask? I think, I yeah. think everybody. So the landscape and what, and what you're seeing has changed dramatically in the 20 years that you've been um, practicing, correct?
1: Absolutely. I mean, 20 years ago, what yeah. would be coming into my office was yeah. kids really with like behavioral issues, like things yeah. that the school were, was identifying. Um, you know, a little bit of depression, yes. A little bit of anxiety, yes. But nothing like it is today. Today, it's anxiety through the roof. Yeah. depression through the roof yeah. and these kids are holding it together in school oftentimes to where the school's not even identifying them they're falling apart later like they're yeah. the kids who are the straight a students the ap classes talk you know, about pressure i'm thinking, every team yeah. and they're falling apart can we
0: go back a little bit like 20 years ago you said a little bit of depression a little bit of behavior um in retrospect looking back at the behaviors did you mm-hmm. do you see that those and maybe you can't answer this and that's okay, Carrie, I'm just wondering as a, as a, a reformed uh, public school teacher, <laughs> um, uh, did you think that those behave quote, behavioral kids were more like potentially on the spectrum or ADHD or things that are more prevalent now that are more diagnosed
1: and more looked at? Interesting. So I actually think a lot of the kids looking back now that I worked with were actually suffering from trauma. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay.
1: And, and I, think I don't that, think it was really identified. I think their behaviors yeah. were what's being identified. And, you know, everyone was saying, oh, they're hyperactive or, oh, they're, yeah. you know, bouncing off the walls or, oh, they're, you know, um, oppositional defined disorder. Yeah. But really, I think if you get to the root of it, there was trauma, there was yeah. trauma in their past and it wasn't healed and it wasn't processed. And I think right. that's why they were acting out.
0: And now, not only do we have the trauma because yes, we still have that, yes. um, but there's added, uh, there's added features. <laughs> that, that sounds really positive. Um, but in actuality, the added features being um, social pressures that are tremendously um, amplified or magnified by social media um, and like you said, pressures of playing all the sports, getting the right grades. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I noticed in the past 10 years, and maybe you can speak a little to this, is um, kids coming into kindergarten don't have those um, unstructured playtimes anymore. They're all parts of yeah. sports. And so when we go to recess for the first time, it's
1: bedlam. <laughs> it's like- They have no idea what to do without no. an adult telling them. Right. Yes, it's a huge issue. You know starting from very, very early on, these kids need to learn to play on their own without being instructed. They need to be able to have a conflict amongst kids and figure out how to solve it without an adult constantly stepping in. Um, And now, and this goes back to the social media piece and it goes back to the iPads and all the other technologies that very, very young children are on these devices instead of being able just to play.
0: And their brain is just wired for it, I think now, which is insane. Like they learn how to use these things so much quicker than an adults like my age. Um, Grab an iPad and know how to sign into all the things and watch all the things and do all the things. Um, And that's great, because I think that there's an aspect of, they should know these skills, but then there's also this balance of, now give that to me, go
1: outside, (laughs) run around, you know? I don't know. Absolutely, They have to develop, you know, other skills as well. Mm -hmm. And I think when they're on these devices all the time, that's not happening. And these Mm -hmm. devices, it's all very instant. It's this Mm -hmm. instant stimulation. Mm -hmm. So when they're in class and they're not getting that instant stimulation, they get bored and they don't know what to do with themselves. And then you see a lot of all of a sudden these attention issues popping up. Yeah. And you're also seeing a lot of, um, sensory issues popping up and a lot yes. of you know, where do you think
0: what's that coming from just the the input
1: like not getting enough input yeah, they're not they're not playing in the mud mm-hmm. they're not getting dirty they're not you know um out in different types of you know in the trees or in the grass or in the sand I mean there are literally many of these kids just stuck on iPads uh, which is really sad it's really sad and I've seen you know such a difference with the social media And when we look at the kids who are trying to be these perfectionists, they're comparing their lives to everyone that they're seeing on social media. And Mm -hmm. it's all fake. Mm -hmm. It's all fake. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but that's what they're comparing their lives to. And when you're comparing your life to this fake Photoshopped life, you're never going to live up to it.
0: Not only that, but the way that, that some social media platforms feed you information. It's like, they're preying
1: on you. And if you don't realize
0: that this is an algorithm and this is not, you know, this is fed to you because of the things that you've potentially clicked on or said out loud and your phone was listening or, um, I don't know, it's just insane that, I mean, I'm, I'm in my fifties and I know, okay, I know that's not real, but it took me years to get to that point. It took me years right. and I've got an adult fully formed brain, mm-hmm. parents I guess, are getting I mean, I might not just but... as
1: much as kids are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's how it's designed to be. Like it's mm-hmm. designed that when you get a like on a post, it lights up your brain the same way it would as if you just did cocaine. It's mm-hmm. the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so so that's what these kids are doing. And it's very addicting.
0: Yeah. And I imagine that those, uh, this has popped into my head because I just watched a Dateline special yesterday, which <laughs> I really have to stop doing alone. Um <laughs> Because halfway through, I'm like, I need to turn this off because I might lose <laughs> my mind and lock all the doors, shut all the shades. Um, the the Snapchat streaks and all of these things that are so important for kids to be able to keep going, uh, I am motivated by those kinds of things too. Not Snapchat streaks, but you know, just in general, I'm motivated by how many days did I reach 10,000 steps? Like, oh my gosh, if I, if I missed, I mean, this is a healthy obsession-ish, right. but it's not. I mean, it could turn really fast, Right. Um, but I'm motivated by things like streaks too. Um, and I,
1: I don't know why I brought that up, but it reminded me of the dateline special, (laughs) but that's what these companies, I mean, they know this, they know how human behavior works. They spend a lot of money, you know, making sure to hook these kids and, you know, even adults into these platforms. So do you think that you could, um, make a correlation between
0: the um, impact of social media and mental health? Do you think that? Absolutely.
1: And I think many uh, people have with research out there that has shown anxiety has gone up tremendously since the introduction of, you know, social media.
0: So now what kinds of things are you dealing with other than that anxiety and the depression? Um are there any it's, other
1: major? It's really, I, I want to say almost all anxiety. Yeah. I've never seen anxiety this bad in my life. And then of course, you know, it was already getting bad and then you throw COVID into the mix.
0: Well, I think that that was one of the kickers really for a lot of people. But then of course, young children not being able to socialize and continue to learn that way.
1: And I think COVID was also, um, there was so much grief and loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And any kid who had experienced any type of trauma in their past, once COVID came along, it like ripped open everyone's trauma all over again, because yeah. this was traumatizing. So you're living in a world where you don't know if you're going to be in school tomorrow or if you're going to be quarantined. You have no control. You don't know if your sports are going to happen, if it's not going to happen. I mean, uh, even not just to mention left- the
0: fact that you could die if you got this. Right. You know, right. like isolating yourself and just staying inside and how scary outside was at
1: the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a complete lack of socialization. I think a lot of kids turned almost nocturnal. You know, I was seeing teenagers who, I mean, they were sleeping all the time. Wow. Um, it was really unhealthy. And, you know, we're two years post COVID really at this point. And even just last week, my daughter's in a theater production and an hour before showtime, it got canceled because two kids are, you know, three kids got COVID. So it's this constant, like not knowing what's going to happen and not control.
0: Yeah. You're under, you're under attack and you don't know when it's going to come next.
1: Right. So your anxiety is constantly. You up. have to be on guard. <laughs> right. So that's oh scary.
0: It's very scary. And it's, we don't consciously think that. So it's subconscious and we're, and it's in our bodies and our mind. And we're just waiting for that next shoe to drop
1: all the time. Right. And that's no way to live. No, no.
0: Nope.
1: Oh my God. So goodness. yeah, as, as anxiety wasn't already bad enough, then you add COVID to the mix and it's, it's really exploded.
0: So Carrie, and that's I why enjoyed- I wrote the
1: book because right. I couldn't get more kids into my office. I was full during COVID. The whole reason
0: why I have a kids coaching program is because all of the therapists are full. Right. I'm just all sort of like therapist
1: a, friends. We're full. So I said I need to put something out there that can help these parents because yeah. no therapist can get you into the office right now, which was incredibly sad, and it was hard for all of the therapists to turn away people when oh, we know I'm that sure. they needed the help. I'm but sure. But there's you know only so much we could humanly do. Right.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the book and how parents can use it. It's called Mental Health. I'm reading it right now. Yeah. (laughs) Mental Health Uncensored. Um, And the tagline is 10 foundations every parent needs to know. So let's talk a little bit about the book. There was a need absolutely for you to write and release this book. Um, So tell us. You don't have to give away everything <laughs> because we want parents to be able to grab this book and utilize it, uh, right. especially those who don't have access to a therapist right now mm-hmm. and need one. Um, right. So tell us a little bit about the book.
1: So it was really, it came from, you know, two things. One was COVID and just needing to give parents some type of help to try to get these kids on the right path. But the other was that I'm saying the same thing oftentimes in my office, you know, all the time. And I'm like, okay. I just need to write this all down. So, that people could take these basic foundations and apply them. So, for mental health, you need to have healthy foundations if you want to have any chance of having good mental health. And I say this all the time it's not just about the mental side, it's about the physical side too. And I think people overlook that. They don't realize that your physical well being impacts your mental health. Yep. But I can tell you right now if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating well, if you're not hydrated, there is no way you will have the best mental health that you can have going to be an uphill battle constantly. So I love even if you are that. in therapy, I because you need I always, to be doing these foundations to right, make your I, therapy go better.
0: I always t- talk about the mind, body, and soul, and I know it might sound cliche to some, but it is what it is. And when you practice self care and self love, it's all about the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual, and that's all of it. If you're you can be the most spiritual person in the world, but if you don't take care of your physical body, then it sort of defeats the purpose. So you
1: kind of have to have this great balance. So keep going, yeah. Absolutely, so I broke my book into really two sections. One is the physical and one is the mental. And I gave parents, you know, the physical aspects of food, water, sleep, meditation, and exercise with the research behind it and with how can you help your kids get on the right path.
0: Hey, you guys, did you hear her say meditation? Just saying, I run a business that focuses on that stuff. Go ahead. It is
1: so important. Because yes. we need to be able to learn to live in the here and now. Yeah. And that's really what meditation helps you do. It brings you back to the moment. And if you're back in the moment, your anxiety is going to be less because you're, not you're normally worried about going the future. You're
0: not worried about anything. You're just living right now. Nothing is, right.
1: there is nothing to worry about right here and right now. Mm-hmm. Many times when kids come into my office and, you know, their anxiety is through the roof, I say to them, what's wrong right now in this moment, and it's like well nothing right i don't know what's going to happen next hour or in two hours and i can't control that either but i can control right now and right now everything is okay mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think people are living in this constant what's next yeah that's yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so i break it all down to the physical aspects and give parents you know real world solutions of how to bring this into your home And then the second part of my book is really about the mental health ones about letting your kids learn how to say no to friends.
0: Yep. I just had this conversation with an adult, full-grown adults. It's Mm -hmm. so difficult. And I would, I, at the risk of generalizing, I would say for a lot of women, it's hard for us to have emotional, physical um, boundaries, and we have a hard time saying no. So we say yes, very easily. And then as the thing The commitment comes we're like oh why did I do that and it's like well you're not honoring yourself you're not honoring your time you're not honoring your energy I deal with energy um and you just have to remember that like if if it's not something that you're energetically emotionally going to be available for then say I'm not available that time you know and it's okay that that's all you say without a reason why you're not available
1: Right. So yes. I, I talk to moms, especially a lot about this, that this is what you're modeling for your children. When yeah. you say yes to everything and then you're burnt out and then you're you know low on patience and then you're yelling at your kids because you're overextending yourself and especially to activities and things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you're teaching your child to do. Mm-hmm. So if you want them to have healthy boundaries, you have to show healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, I also talk about having these kids learn that they're not responsible for other people's feelings, right? We have really shifted into a world where they feel that they are responsible for everybody else's feelings. And that is just not true. And nope. that's not fair to put it on them.
0: Nope. That phrase, you make me feel this way really drives me crazy, mm-hmm. you know, cause I am in control of my own feelings and emotions. I choose to be upset at whatever I choose to not let things bother me. I choose to be in control of my emotions. And quite frankly, what is there to be upset about? <laughs> I know it sounds so Pollyanna, but it's not. I don't, I, you know, I might get upset, but then I sit and I think about why does that make me upset? Why did I allow that to get me upset? And and um, typically it's because have one of my favorite sayings is we respond to the past and not the present moment. So <laughs> if we're triggered, then it's because of something else and not because someone just cut you off.
1: You know, it's it's, that's yes. not it. Yeah. Yes, 100%. And I try to teach the kids this all the time, which is hard because yeah. that's not what they're being taught in school. It's quite the opposite. Yeah. You know, I tell them all the time, you should always be kind, always, yeah. you know, yeah. act as you want to act from a place of, you know, goodness and kindness, and you want to be a good human being. But if you tell your friend, no, I can't hang out tonight. And they're upset about that. That is not your fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, also, I think that's something I, that's really hard for these kids right now. They feel that they are completely responsible for somebody else's you know, happiness and sadness.
0: Right. Because then there'll be that one or two friends, those one or two friends who don't feel that way at all. And they're like, right. whatever, I'm not going. And then that poor sensitive being is like, what did I do? Why don't they mm-hmm. want to hang out with me? Um, that's interesting. I didn't think that they thought that they were responsible for other people's I didn't think they had the capability of thinking of others but that makes sense. Yeah, you know I what I mean by that right like I they're, do, just, because they're very yeah.
1: self centered, you know people at this age, which is normal. But that makes
0: sense too. If you flip it and say, "Well, of course, I'm responsible for that because they're very because yes. I'm yes. the center of the
1: universe. <laughs> so of course, if they're sad, it has to do with me. What did um, I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've really flipped into a very unhealthy way of of being, um, and it's being taught at a very young age. I think you're right.
0: Now I'm thinking about all those lessons that we had in kindergarten about. Well, I always said you don't have to be everyone's best friend, but you have to be kind right. to each other. Um, But, you know, we did teach, like, uh, don't, don't make him feel sad. Like, don't make them feel this,
1: this. Yeah. So one of the activities that a lot of younger kids do, and I write about this in my book and I write about how it started and, you know, the research behind it is um, filling up your buckets. I don't know. Oh yeah, we know that book. But we we fill up each other's buckets (laughs) with kind (laughs) words and all of that. Yeah. And I've told my kids, I'm like, are you filling up your own buckets? Because if you fill up your own bucket, nobody else can dump it out. That's right. But if you're relying on everybody else to fill up your bucket, then everybody else can dump it out. Yep. Yep. And that was the book too. Yes. Did you read that book? Do you know that book? I read all about that book. Um, And again, I think it came from a great place. Yes. I don't think it's being utilized properly, to be honest.
0: You could do a revised version of that book
1: about how I fill my own bucket every day. Right, I think it needs to be revised. (laughs) Hey,
0: listen, I'm writing a curriculum for kids from K to two, which involves um, compassionate, it's called care, that's what I Mm -hmm. called it. Compassionate, aware, reflective, empathetic children. And maybe that book, I'll write a revised version of that book.
1: Let me just take a note. (laughs) Yeah, I think it needs to be revised because again, we can't have these kids responsible for everyone else's feelings. No,
0: you're completely right. Because then we would, as teachers be like, well, that you just emptied my bucket and now they're responsible for my feelings. Right? Boy, talk about mind F, you know what I'm- Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I'm the questioning and
1: everything that, that I've ever done. Yeah. And now that you have, you know, the suicide rate has gone through the roof, especially during COVID. And now, you know, you have these kids in high school who are, you know, unfortunately killing themselves and their friends, their friends are left to say- did I do something to make them kill themselves? No, no, you did not. But if we're teaching them that they're responsible for other people's feelings, then how do you tell them no, you're not?
0: It's such a it's like so you can't contradictory. have contradictory. Right, right, right. Oh my god, oh my lord, this is such a great conversation for me to listen to right now. Um, I know it's all about me. Sorry, <laughs> I told you. I told you I was stuck at twelve. Um, <laughs> It's just enlightening. I knew these things. I know these things. I know this as an adult, but seeing it through the lens of an educator now, Mm -hmm. in retrospect, that my brain is clear and not worrying about teaching, you know, in a few months, in a month. Mm -hmm. um, It's amazing. Some of the, some of the ways that we were taught to teach. And I knew that we were doing a bit of, I know that we're, I hate to say this out loud on my podcast, but I'm going to say it. I've said it before, so. I feel like we've caused the social, emotional learning issues that are in school that we're trying to teach now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've created this part. It's like, we took a knife, mm-hmm. we cut them in the arm. And then in second grade, we give them that band aid. Oh, what happened? That's almost like, but right. we caused this, like we caused this, mm-hmm. pushing them to do too much, teaching them things yes. that we thought were the right things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I talk a lot about this in the book about, you know, parents being able to say no to the social pressures, you know, I don't know that your eight and nine-year-old need to be on travel soccer teams at that age. You know, I don't need, don't know if they need to have all those different types of pressure listen, you know, I have four children myself and my oldest is, you know, has done travel across, but our rule is you have to be at least 10 before we're doing anything like that in our family. And that's not the norm.
0: It is not the norm. It is not the norm. The moment that spring rolled around for these five and six years old, six year olds and baseball started, Mm -hmm. kids were exhausted in school, um, staying up too late. Uh, It was just like, you noticed a huge difference come April, the change in their behavior and granted it was close to the end of the year. So they were also probably starting to um, push away from you and cut those, you know, those Old behaviors because they know that they're leaving you soon yes. would crop up in April, May, and June. But um, it was the sports. Once the spring sports started, kids were zombies in
1: right. school and they were six.
0: <laughs> like, and oh there's a lot God. of
1: positive to team sports. Yes. But mm-hmm. it's balance. balance, balance, balance and pressure and you know, we really need to take a step back as parents and say, are we doing something just because that's what everybody else is doing? Or am I doing this because this is truly what's correct? And the reality is,
0: I think a lot of parents want to give their kids several sports to choose from and then pick one as they get older, but I Mm -hmm. still think they're too young for that. And the other thing is they're not going to be pros, right? Like, is this what we're thinking? I know some parents who have their, their, um, child on a path, and it's one sport. So it's not like hockey, baseball, soccer. (laughs) Um, It's one sport. And she really thinks that he's good enough to potentially, you know, get a scholarship in college. And so she's continuing and, um, and he loves it. So that's, you know, important, right? But I'm thinking more like the five, six, seven, eight year old kids, who literally do every sport. Um, and I don't understand. I don't understand why. um, Maybe parents think that this is good because it is teaching them team skills and working together. And that is really important. But again, the balance of, then let them go play outside without any adults or, you know, like go play with the neighborhood friends.
1: Look at sports with seasons. You know, in the fall season, you could do a fall sports. One sport, yeah. Fall sports. When in the winter season, you do a winter sport. You know, in the spring, you do a spring sport if you want. You know, I think it was uh, Wayne Gretzky who was talking about, you know, kids sports. And he said, you know, At the end of hockey season, I hung up my skates. Oh yeah. I didn't do it year round. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And talk about, all right, this is completely different, but if you want to talk about the physical, um, like you have in your book, think about the injuries that kids are having of adult, like adults.
1: Yeah. I see a lot of high school students who are athletes. And I mean, the amount of physical therapy that they're already in because they're doing the same sport year round. Can I tell you a secret? I've never had physical therapy for anything, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I have either.
0: <laughs> I'm knocking on wood though, as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So go ahead. What else do you talk about in the book? Any more of the mental part? The mental yes. health part? Um, yeah.
1: I also talk about parents being able to learn to let go. Oh
0: God. Good luck. <laughs> oh
1: gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's
0: so hard to let go of anything. Oh yeah. And then of course parents and, um, Right. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, the
1: amount of times I have to talk a parent down from getting involved in a social situation in high school, in college. No, you may not call your daughter's roommates to tell them that they were mean. Like we need to let our children solve their own problems. Yes, this is happening. Wow. This is happening.
0: I understand the mama bear though. I remember when my daughter was in middle school, someone was mean to her and she got into the car and I picked her up and she told me so-and-so said this and I, I like instantly glared through the window at her and she was like, stop mom. Like, <laughs> and you're lucky. I'm not getting out of the car right now. I was so mad because the mm-hmm. girl was just really miserable. And I, and I do realize, and I know that's because she is not a half, was not a happy kid. Um, but I just felt bad because my, my daughter truly is one of the kindest people and don't be mean to nice people. Sure. Right. So I get it, but I don't think I'd ever call her college. <laughs> right. These kids need to be able to learn to solve their own problems. Yeah.
1: Now, um, if they were
0: solving those types of social problems in an unstructured setting before college, then they probably would be able to. If they were exactly. doing it before high school,
1: then they probably would be able to. And if they were doing it in elementary school, then that even better. Exactly. I mean, I have college students all the time who are like, you know, my paper's going to be late. So I texted my mom and I said, what do I say to my professor? And she told me what to say. And I copied the email and I sent to my, pro- and I was like, you need to be able to compose your own email. You are in college. You yeah. know, so I think parents well-meaning are doing way too much for these kids. And what you're doing is actually, you're telling them that you're not capable of doing it on your own. Yeah,
0: it's And definitely- then the parents
1: say to me, why does my child have no self-confidence? Because you've done everything for them and told them basically they can't do it on their own. Yep. Um, you know, my biggest, my biggest thing with parents on what you need to make your child do the moment they are physically capable of doing this is let them do their own, their own laundry. Yeah. I think that's great. It teaches so many different skills. It's about time management. It's about, I planning was going to say head.
0: pre-planning.
1: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I bring this up to a parent, they're like, <gasps> But they can't. I'm like, oh, but they can, but they can. One lesson on the washer machine, these kids got it down. I mean, they could work a smartphone, they could work a washer machine. Yeah. And listen, if they don't plan well, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to run out of clothes or wear something dirty. And that's on them. Yep. It sure is. And then the parents are like, but they're so busy. Yes, but they need to learn time management maybe so make your them less busy laundry <laughs> yep
0: yeah, i made Brittany's. i think britney liked starting her lawn doing her own laundry when she got to be a certain age but she she would i i remember and uh i think because she i hope she doesn't listen to this episode but there <laughs> were some clothes that she would <laughs> buy and i'd be like i don't want to say she can't wear it i want her to express herself Um, if, you know if she felt confident in that short little skirt but i would sometimes throw them in the trash and i would never t- like whoops I don't know where that skirt went Brit I hope she doesn't listen to this episode (laughs) 20 years later and I'm still like keeping that little secret (laughs) yes (laughs) this is a great book I love this I wish I had interviewed you so much sooner I I feel like it's a book that even therapists can buy and have on the shelf um,
1: and just hand out to those parents or kids you know because it just makes a therapist's job easier. When you come into a therapist's office and you're already sleeping well and eating well and exercising and meditating, it is so much easier Yeah. to, you know, improve quickly. It is so much easier to work on the issues you need to work on, but you have to have the foundations down. And you know, everybody, we're talking about teens only because that's who Carrie works
0: with the majority of Um, her clientele are teens but this is for everyone no matter what your age is this is a great book for everyone to take a peek at um, because everybody has suffered something over the past two to three years Um, you know I mean some of us have, have have I feel like flourished and done well through COVID but they were there are elements of still grief and loss a bit of anxiety for not knowing and when I say flourish, I only mean some people went within and started working on themselves mm-hmm. because they were able to, and that's only what I mean. Um, I don't mean that we've, you know, succeeded and it's, it was a difficult time, um, yes, but I think anyone
1: could benefit from this book. Definitely. I mean, I was just out to dinner recently and, you know, we were with a bunch of couples and I don't know how we started talking about it, but we started talking about sleep Yeah. and all of these other moms are talking about their sleep schedule, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm in bed at 11 o'clock, dead asleep, sleep through the night, wake up when my, you know, alarm goes off, you know, early in the morning, done. I get my eight hours, no problem. These moms are like, oh, yeah, I'm up till one or two, cleaning the house. And then, like, I sleep for two hours, then I'm up again and, you know, making breath. I'm like, what? Like, how are you living off four hours
0: of sleep? No, nope, No, thank you. I'm out by 8.30, 9 o'clock. I get up at 4, 4.30, but that's a solid, you know. <laughs> I track my sleep just because I, it's, I like to track things. I'm data driven, uh-huh. came from being a teacher, but I, also, <laughs> but I also know, well, I don't feel that great. What, how did I sleep last night? Is that affecting me? Yeah. You know, I was in bed for 10 hours, but I literally slept for six. That mm-hmm. affects me. Yes. Um, so I think sleep is so important. I think it, people don't realize how important sleep is.
1: They don't. And the same with being hydrated. Yep. And the same with eating well, I mean, they're not, a lot of people are not making the connection. Right. Most of our chemicals for our brain are actually made in our gut. Yep. So if you don't have good gut health, there is no way you're gonna have good Good mental mental health. health. Yep. How do you fix that probiotics? You have to eat real food. No, I know.
0: And I've noticed in my older years that I can't have anything that's processed. I have to eat clean food or else I feel it. And it really affects me. Mm -hmm. Um, It probably affects my mind as well. I just haven't noticed that part yet. I've only noticed physical um, discomfort, but so yeah, clean eating. And when you drink enough water, it fills all of your cells and it just Mm -hmm. gives you energy. Energy and
1: your mood is better. I mean, for me, yeah. I have a lot of kids yeah. who complain that they you know, are constantly tired. And then it's like, well, how much water are you drinking? Sometimes the answer is none. Yeah. There are some kids who drink zero water. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I feel There's, it after a you day of function like that. No. Mm-mm. So when we're in schools and we're looking at these kids who have focusing issues, you need to start talking about what are they eating? How are they sleeping? And what are they drinking first? Yep. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's really good point.
1: And I think, you know, the other issue that I want this book to really address is the fact that so much of our mental health is actually within our power. Yeah. So many times, you know, kids walk into my office and they're like, I'm anxious. It's genetic. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. No, no, you can do a lot about it. Yep.
0: Yep. Starting with the basics and the foundation starting with the basics. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. So uh, let's, let's sell your book. Ready? Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Mental Health Uncensored, 10 Foundations Every
1: Parent Needs to Know. I love, love, love it. Um, they can get this on Amazon. Yeah. Yes. It's on Amazon. It's in a paperback form and it's um, on online the- reading as well. Yes. Um, okay, great. And your website, can you tell us your website, please? Sure. It's Carrie Keri, K-E-R-I, Cooper, holistictherapy.com.
0: Thank you. And
1: my Instagram is also um, at Carrie Cooper. Is it all one word? Yes.
0: All right. Um, so everyone who's listening, you know, I put those things in the podcast notes. So you can simply, when you're done listening, click on that. And it should be a link for you to be able to um, access. I'll see if I can link the book as well, the link to purchase, um, because I think I'm going to go get one right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to share with the uh, listeners? One tip, I think you've already said it though. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not the expert. One thing that you can do to adjust your mental health right away: drink water,
1: sleep well, eat well. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many different small. Those things. Are three and, things you know, I know. One thing that I talk about, I kind of wrap up the end of my book with this. Um, one thing that I find really, really important, and I think we need to get back to, and there's so much research behind it too. You need to have family dinners. Oh yeah, connection. And if it's not dinner, breakfast, some yeah. meal, you need yeah. to all sit down. Yep. Yeah. It can't just be like you're all roommates living in this house together and you don't see yeah. each other. We yeah. need to reconnect. I love we that. We need to reconnect. I agree.
0: I agree. Because even during COVID, we went in our separate ways. Yeah. The different rooms. You know, if we had to work, we had to be in separate rooms, or whatever. Um. And kids were doing school in their bedroom, and ki- and parents were working in offices. Um. That's a great point. That's a great point also promotes conversation, you know, it like so much social, uh, cues, social everything. I love that I'm really everything could
1: be tied into family dinners. Not only that, it's but I have a so friend important.
0: who has her kids help make the dinner too. Like everyone has something to do. So yeah, I think that that's really important as
1: well. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you again so much. You know, I ask every guest three questions at the very end of the podcast. So I'm going to ask you, Okay. No, you didn't prepare for these questions. <laughs> so when you are at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing?
1: Oh I am normally um on my yoga mat. Yeah. And outside. That's where I'm my most peaceful. Nice. And Absolutely. then
0: one book that you would recommend to our listeners that is life-changing.
1: I mean, besides mine, um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's okay to promote yours. I think I that definitely this think might... it might be mental health uncensored, 10 foundations every parent needs to know because if I did these when I was younger, I would have really benefited as well.
0: But I think that there are, like we said earlier, so many kids who are on waiting lists for a therapist grab Mm -hmm. this book, start implementing some small changes, starting with the physical, um, and see if you can notice a difference Mm -hmm. until you can get in to see a great therapist. Absolutely. Um, All right. And then if money was no object, what would you be doing with your life?
1: I would be vacationing more. I (laughs) love, love vacations. What kind of vacations do you
0: like? Do you like, okay,
1: so yeah, I'm going to tell you my, my little secret. My little secret is that I am a Disney, like nuts. Oh no, you're a Disney person. I'm a Disney person. My kids laugh at me all the time um, yeah. because I love it. It's my yeah. happy place. I love they that. have a nickname for me when I'm in Disney instead of, you know, my name is Carrie. Instead of that, they, they call me Disney Sherry. Oh no. Like I'm a whole different person when I'm in Disney. Absolutely love they it. must love to see that whole different person. It's, it's not mom fantastic. Anymore. Yeah.
0: I've never been a Disney person. And I tell that to everyone I meet. It's so funny that you're a Disney person.
1: Yes. You would <laughs> you know never why? know it, see it see unless you saw me there. <laughs>
0: no, it's the crowds and the, the, it's too much. I just get overwhelmed. Um, And I brought Brittany when she was little. We went, we've gone a couple of times and we went to Universal when she graduated college to see the Harry Potter thing. Um, That was good. Like that's That's amazing. Yeah. Disney is not my speed. So good for you. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's my, that's my little secret. I love it. It's not a secret anymore. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, well, thank you so much. Thanks again for coming on and spending some time here. I'm sorry, Britt wasn't here with us um, and everybody else. Remember Carrie, um, Carrie's book is called Mental Health Uncensored, 10 Foundations Every Parent Needs to Know. Love, love, love the book. I'm so glad I got to meet you and talk with you because I'm going to send this link for your book to about four people that I know. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe more, but thank you so much. And everybody else will be back in just one second. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by check out their offerings at mainstreammeditation.com you can also follow mainstream coaching and wellness on facebook and instagram the name is mainstream coaching and wellness and here i am i am back just came back to say one more time thank you so much for joining us We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.